the year 2023. We have arrived. Uh, my daughter said to me, we were in service, we were singing, about to sing the hymn. She's like, Dad, it's 2023. Did you know? <laughs> I said, I did. I said, I did. And, um, and well, what a way to start off the year. I'm glad everybody's here. My name is Michael. I'm the pastor here. If you're with us online, uh, then welcome. Uh, if you're here in person, then as always, uh, I love to see your faces. And um, man, it's been such a, I don't know what to call it. It's been an emotional last couple of weeks. It's been up and down because of storms, because of loss. I know we've had other people in our church family who have lost a family member. Uh, my step-grandmother just passed away on Friday as well, and so you know, we're, uh, we've been talking about and dealing with that, and then Esther, just a lot of things, right? Uh, but luckily, uh, God is a God of peace, and he brings that in the midst of many things. I was praying for peace in the midst of the blizzard also, by the way. I prayed for you and, and for me. People were asking me, are you okay? <laughs> afterwards, and uh, I thought I knew what a snowstorm was until the news people kept saying, yeah, there's this thing called a blizzard uh, coming, and uh, I was like, do they say that all the time? I don't think they do, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you were all okay, and um, we're here today, and then uh, I missed you last week. Uh, we weren't able to be together, but I'm glad we're back together this morning. And so uh, we'll be in a number of places. If it's possible to cover uh, 2,700 years of uh, Christian history uh, in the Bible uh, in like 35 minutes, we're going to try and do that, okay? So, so just uh, uh, bear with me. But we'll be talking about peace. And, and if you look at the timeline, B.C. and A.D., although uh, most contemporary sources, if you look online, it won't say that. It'll say like B.C.E. And, or uh, uh, A.D. And, and so there's a lot of different words that are used now for it. But, but I always go back to B.C. and A.D. because that's just the way I grew up. And like looking at Christian history, and it's like before Christ and then after Christ. Why is it A.D.? It's, it's uh, Anno Domini, which is a Latin phrase for um, in the year of our Lord. So everything that happened after Christ came, zero to now, is this just a celebration of this present peace that we can have access to. So what I want to do, we'll look in a couple of different places throughout the scripture. Um, so just get ready. We'll be in Isaiah chapter 9 first. Uh, before we dive into it, I want to share a quick video with you on biblical peace. So take a look and we'll keep going. The word peace is common in most languages. People can talk about peace treaties or times of peace. It means the absence of war. And in the Bible, the word peace can refer to the absence of conflict, but it also points to the presence of something better in its place. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And in the New Testament, the Greek word is erene. The most basic meaning of shalom is complete or whole. The core idea is that life is complex, full of moving parts and relationships and situations. And when any of these is out of alignment or missing, your shalom breaks down. Life is no longer whole. It needs to be restored. In fact, that's the basic meaning of shalom when you use it as a verb. To bring shalom literally means to make complete or restore. The same goes for human relationships. In the book of Proverbs, to reconcile and heal a broken relationship is to bring shalom. And when rival kingdoms make shalom in the Bible, it doesn't just mean they stop fighting. It also means they start working together for each other's benefit. This state of shalom is what Israel's kings were supposed to cultivate, and it rarely happened. So the prophet Isaiah, he looked forward to a future king, a prince of shalom. And his reign would bring shalom with no end. 
a time when God would make a covenant of shalom with his people and make right all wrongs and heal all that's been broken. This is why Jesus' birth in the New Testament was announced as the arrival of Irene. Remember, that's the Greek word for peace. Jesus came to offer his peace to others, like when he said to his followers, my peace I give to you all. The apostles claimed that Jesus made peace between messed up humans and God when he died and rose from the dead. The idea is that he restored to wholeness the broken relationship between humans and their creator. This is why the Apostle Paul can say Jesus himself is our Irene. He was the whole complete human that I am made to be but have failed to be. And now he gives me his life as a gift. And this means that Jesus' followers are now called to create peace. Paul instructed local churches to keep their unity through the bond of peace, which requires humility and patience and bearing with others in love. Becoming people of peace means participating in the life of Jesus, who reconciled all things in heaven on earth, restoring peace through his death and resurrection. So peace takes a lot of work because it's not just the absence of conflict. True peace requires taking what's broken and restoring it to wholeness, whether it's in our lives, our relationships, or in our world. And that's the rich biblical concept of peace. Hmm. So peace all throughout the Bible and throughout time because of what God has done for us. And um, I I had another illustration I was going to use before I went into the text, but I just threw it in the trash in my mind over there because the Lord reminded me of something else. And um, just because we've been thinking about Esther a lot and we've been sharing things. And I remember um, it was the, I think the first VBS we were able to do with the church because, you know, we had the whole COVID thing. Uh, and uh, we, we weren't able to do some things. And then first year, we were able to do VBS with the church. We were out there. I remember Esther was out there. She was still sitting at the registration table as she wanted to be out there. Um, and you know, we had some bad storms and things that came in. You guys remember we had to move over here. Well, storms were rolling in. Everybody's kind of gathering things up, and things are starting to blow around. And she's sitting on, like, the edge of the pavilion over there at the park. And it's starting to rain and blow around. And I'm like, Esther, are you okay? Like, we should maybe scoot away from that. She's like, I'll be fine. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's looking pretty bad. She's like, it's going to be okay. I'm like, uh, I, I'm always having those moments where I'm like, it's, it's not going to be okay. Like, we need to take some steps and, and it just reminded me of peace, you know? It's like uh, 96 years, right? And there's not very many things that can phase you. I always remember her saying that. She's like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> like, I don't know if it is, <laughs> right? Uh, but, but that's who we need, those faithful saints who... Uh, who remind us what biblical peace is all about, right? We think our world's falling apart at times, and if people have been doing it a lot longer ago, it's going to be okay, right? So let's get into it. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. We're really going to look at a few verses out of Isaiah and then Luke and Romans. We start in Isaiah, and we'll be talking about predicted peace. Predicted peace. Some people, when I talk with them about the Bible, um, especially those who maybe just, you know, never been to church or, you know, they're not used to reading the Bible, they picked it up a couple times, and like, I have some questions, but I don't, I don't really know the answers to them. Well, sometimes people will go like, what happened? I mean, like, you know, I know in the beginning, like, God created everything, and it was, like, awesome, and you got, you know, man, Adam and Eve, and everything's going really well, and then everything gets broken, it gets fractured. So what's the whole deal with that, and how do we really find peace? Well, we know it's through Jesus Christ and through what he's done on the cross for us and his sinless life that he lived, but the truth is that from the very beginning of time, like, God wasn't going, I think like some of us go like, God was like, oh no, 
I can't believe this happened. Like, he's going like, it's not going to be okay. The storm's coming in. I cannot believe that they, brought, they did the one thing I said not to. Don't take of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And Adam and Eve were like, I think we know better. So they did it. And then you know, I think we just get this picture like us. Like when something bad happens, we're like, oh my gosh, the world is ending. There's nothing that's going to fix this. And we think about like God in heaven. He's, you, know, you, got, you got the Son, you got the Father, you got the Holy Spirit, and they're sitting up there and they're like, What's going to happen? Like, we just had no idea. This was going to go on. But God's going like, it's okay. Because I had a plan from the foundation of the world. And, and, and what it was going to do was save everybody. It was going to bring peace. And Isaiah talks about this. So luckily we have the prophets who, who talked about this. So this was 733 years before. So 733 BC when Isaiah is going, hey, God's given me some words. I want to remind people there's some good things coming, right? And we have this hope that we can have, like we talked about a few weeks ago. We have access to peace through it. So it says in verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Man, we need the Prince of Peace now more than ever, don't we? Sometimes we forget that we have access to that, and it's that Prince of Shalom. This is what the Bible talks about. Isaiah was going, yeah, there's somebody who's going to come, by the way, he's up in heaven right now, okay? He's going to come. He's going to save the world. He's currently active in what's going on, the son, the prince of peace, prince of shalom. So, and I don't know what you need that for in your life right now. I know it's been tumultuous time the last several weeks for a lot of us, um, and I just keep going back to that. We, we need this shalom, that the, the Hebrew word for peace talks about throughout the Old Testament of completeness, soundness, and tranquility. And I just, throughout this week, I just, as I was thinking about the message, I kept getting that pic- picture of Esther just sitting there, you know, unmoved, and the wind is blowing, it's raining, and we're all like, oh no, what are we going to do? <laughs> Everything's going to be ruined. And he says, it's going to be okay. That's going to be okay. And that's what this picture of completeness, of uh, tranquility, of soundness, it, it's not phased by a blizzard, right? It's not phased by um, the loss of somebody that we love, right? It's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's complete, right? It's whole. God's already given us access to that. And uh, Job uses the same word in Job chapter 25 too. It says, dominion and fear are with God. He makes peace in his high heavens. Like, yeah, we're, we're used to, to, what does man do? destroys things. He ruins things, right? We left to ourselves, to our flesh. Like we just, <laughs> I love what Christian says. She's like, I wish I could just be, you know, uh, close to like what Esther was like, right? Like we, you know, we all want that. We want to be people who at the end of our lives, we were able to say we were faithful, right? We followed God, not perfectly, right? Because nobody's perfect, but we had this pursuit of God, right? And so Job, I mean, in the difficulty that he faced, he goes, I know who God is, and here's what he does. He gives peace. He, in fact, he makes it. He manifests peace for us, right? Job's not, he's not, I, I don't know, all these things are going wrong. He's like, that, that's how the world is, right? But God, he brings peace. He makes it. He makes it for us. And Psalm 4, 8 says, In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And there's very few people that I've um, as a pastor, it's one of the things that I get to do. It's the privilege of, uh, of being pe- with people in the good times, but especially the bad times. And, you know, when you're standing with someone at their bedside at a hospital, which I did with Esther a week and a half ago, and it was like Wednesday, and then 
Thursday, right? She was gone, and I remember just standing there with her. We were talking um, and praying. I know she was kind of in and out of it, but when she was there, it's like she was completely there still. And, and as we were talking about things, I was, just, I was just reminded by this. It's like, who provides peace? As you look in the eyes of someone who, who, who knows the truth, right? And she's like, I know. I, I, I know. I'm ready to be with Jesus. And I was like, and I've looked in a lot of people's eyes before, right? And there's fear, and there's trepidation, and there's like, you know, oh, no, what's the next thing, right? But what does death do for us? Well, it reminds us of a few things, and Solomon talks about this in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. He says that it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting. The day of death is better than the day of birth. Well, why? I mean, it sounds kind of grim, doesn't it? But when you think about life, everything that it has to offer, the day of birth is good, right? New babies, we celebrated that with uh, my sister and uh, my brother-in-law. Last week, we got to see a new baby, right? It's a wonderful thing. But when we think about the end, right, it's the summation of life, isn't it? And, and when we look at the scripture and we look at the people who had peace, who are like, yeah, peace is coming. Oh, we have peace and we have present peace. Why was it? Well, they trusted in the Lord. I mean, up until the very end, they're not like, I don't know what's going to happen. They have peace, right? And should we all hope? I hope we desire to have access to that daily, uh, but certainly throughout our lives. That's what he says in verse 6. In verse 7, he says, Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over the kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forever evermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So, so who's going to do this? The Lord, right? Now, we always look to you know, those things in our life that we think are going to bring us like momentary peace, and, and they always let us down, don't we? We're like, new car, yes. And then like, you know, it's like a year later, you're like, it's like shaking when I try and break. Like, what's going on? Like, uh, this car was supposed to be everything to me, right? No, if it lets us down, right? That new phone, it's like, it's the season, right? You got all the ads. They just kept emailing me, and I was like, stop. I'm like swiping, delete, delete. I don't need to see that, right? You need a new phone, right? You need a new this. You know, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I don't need it, right? Because what's the lie that we keep getting sold? Like, peace is accessible through your stuff right? Peace is accessible through the world. Peace is accessible through your own ability or through your um, talent or through your money, right? And, and every time, like, it lets you down, doesn't it? It's so true peace doesn't come from any of those things. And Isaiah's writing about it. He knows it. And he goes, hey, by the way, this kind of peace, like all the other peace you're trying to find, stability, other governments, people lift you up, make you feel safe. Yeah, that's going to let you down at some point. It's going to run out. But what happens, what does the Prince of Peace do? Well, it says there's not going to be any end to peace that God provides, right? So that means no matter what takes place, no matter what happens, as you're looking across the street of the church, and I was like, I can't see it. I hope it's still there, right? I was looking across the street from our house, and I'm like, this is scary, right? Um, but where, where does peace come from, right? It doesn't, it doesn't go, well, oh, no, in this situation, I don't have it, Right? Now, it doesn't mean that we don't get discouraged, right? It doesn't mean that we don't go like, this is tough, right? This is really difficult. No, when Isaiah's talking about this, he's going, hey, I don't know if you knew the king of the universe, the prince of peace. By the way, when, when he comes, man, there's going to be no end to peace. Like, you're going to go like, I, I just, I have peace and I don't know why. Like, it never runs out, right? It's the beauty of the peace that God offers. I remember growing up and um, there was this pizza place which don't mock me. I lived in Dallas, Dallas, Fort Worth. Okay, pizza's not the same there as it was here. I, my wife reminds me of that from time to time. 
<laughs> so I was growing up. We had this place called CeCe's Pizza, which, you know, buffet pizza here is not acceptable, right? So <laughs> we, had this, uh, we had this buffet place called CeCe's Pizza, and it was like, as a young boy growing up, like, that was the place. Like, mom and dad were like, so, okay, you know, where are we going to go? We're going to celebrate something. We're like, CeCe's Pizza. That's where we're going to go. And so we went, and it's just like, you know, a young boy's heaven. It was like all the pizza you could have, right? And um, <clears throat> I remember just kind of thinking, like, that was the nth degree of, like, you know, paradise. I could get, eat as much pizza as I wanted to. But when I thought about that like that in comparison, like all the food you can eat, right? Eventually that goes bad, like we ate too, buffets are a bad idea, by the way. You, you eat too much always, right? You want to get your money's worth, yeah. So those New Year's resolutions don't work with buffets, by the way. And so, uh, it, but, but it never runs out. Food just keeps coming. But, but this peace that God gives, right, this doesn't run out, right? Isn't that awesome? It's like a never-ending buffet of goodness that comes from God. I'm sorry, I don't know where that came from. Just like, yeah. <laughs> just the Lord reminded me of it, right? Hopefully it's helpful to you. Um, so Isaiah knew, right? He's talking 733 years before Jesus shows up, and he's like, Prince of Peace. By the way, when he shows up, peace is never going to run out. People are like, what? What kind of peace are you talking about? We don't even know what that's like. And he's like, just you wait, right? 733 years later, Jesus shows up on the scene, and that's where we pick it up in Luke chapter 2, right? So flip over... Luke chapter 2, it's right after the beginning of the New Testament. Uh, Luke chapter 2, we have this fulfilled peace, right? And we just celebrate it, right? In our homes, hopefully as the uh, snowstorm blizzard was subsiding Sunday morning, it's like, there's the sun. I thought I'd never see it again. The sun was there. And maybe you were thinking about this passage. uh, Verse 11 of uh, chapter 2 out of the book of Luke says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. So fast forward, prophecies fulfilled. Everybody was like, Isaiah, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, peace, never ending. <laughs> That's never going to happen. And then Luke's like, yeah, it happened. Peace entered, right? Zero AD. And maybe you were celebrating, I don't know, um, Sunday morning, maybe it was uh, Christmas night if you had power. <laughs> Some of us didn't. Uh, if you had power, hopefully, um, and you were celebrating that, that peace actually came, right? And the people in the Old Testament were going like, I hope, I hope it's going to come. Isaiah was like, I know it's going to come. God showed me. And here you go, Prince of Peace, of this peace that will never end. And Luke's like, it happened, it's here. Verse 12, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Because some of us need evidence, right? As Luke is writing about this, he's going like, hey, remember what Isaiah said? It happened. And by the way, if you need the proof, He's right there. Oh, remember what the scripture talked about? He's going to be born in the city of David, Bethlehem. Yeah, yeah, no, he's there. You should go check it out, right? Baby, lying in a manger, right? You know, he's like thinking about Jesus like that. But then when it comes to the evidence, because I know some of us are skeptics, right? That's the way I was growing up. Like on Christmas Eve, we always open the presents. Everybody has different traditions. You know, it's Christmas Eve, it's Christmas Day. For some of you, it was like, I don't think we're going to be off Christmas until next week <laughs> for whatever reason. We celebrated Christmas, uh, we celebrated Christmas with um, Christy's parents. Um, on Thursday, and uh, it was because we couldn't get to Buffalo. They were like, don't go outside. You can't, <laughs> you can't get there. You're not going to be able to. And if you try, you're going to get stuck or you're going to get in trouble, all right? So hopefully everybody heeded those warnings. Some people didn't. Uh, and so we celebrated uh, on uh, Thursday, and so and we were just uh, we were thinking about this, and I was like, what are all these traditions that we have? What are these things we think about around Christmas time? Well, 
my family, um, out in the middle of central Texas, we uh, had this um, tradition. A lot of we have them. Uh, and so some, one of the parents would shake the jingle bells, right, as we were having dinner. So they would do it at a surprise moment, and there would be, you know, the presents. They would show up. <laughs> Santa and his reindeer would bring them, right? And so they'd shake it, and then the parent would run away or hide the jingle bell, whatever. And so everybody would just come running, you know, and people would get hit. They'd fall down, you know, and get trampled. It was relatively unsafe practice, but I don't recommend it. So we would go running through the hallway to the presents, and then the people would be diving on them, and so when that happened, I would always be the one to walk in there. I'd be like one of the last people, and I'm like, I don't see any Santa. I don't see any reindeer. Like, no, he, he was just here. He just dropped off the stuff. So, you know, the adults are trying to keep, you know, keep it up, and they're like, no, he really was. I'm like, show me. <laughs> you got any pictures? I didn't think so, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Bruce. And, and so he's like, uh, I was there, and I was like, you know what? I, I don't have any evidence, right? But the good news is that what did... What did God do for us? Well, as Luke records the gospel for us, he goes, peace actually showed up, right? A lot of us are looking for that evidence, and it's like, it's already happened, right? And I just can't help but think. It's like, you know, we always think about faith and, you know, people that we love who have been faithful like Esther. But I'm like, when you really talk with somebody, you really sit down with them, and you're like, you, you really believe this? And they're like, yeah, without a doubt. You're like, okay, I needed that today because maybe you were struggling. Like, we... We need each other for this too. Like, there's a reason we come together, and I, I miss this on Sunday because we do. We need this encouragement, like week in and week out. We need to look somebody else in the face and go, like, you still believe, right? <laughs> I do, right? <laughs> so we need that. So what was the evidence of this? Well, Jesus showed up, and then in verse 13 it says, and suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, well, they said something. What do they do? They, well, they showed up to begin with, right? What are the events in Scripture like? The angels show up, and there's a whole choir, and they're singing, and I mean, imagine what it would have been like, right? You're thinking on like Christmas Day, like Jesus is born, and the angels are announcing it to people, and they're singing songs, right? I just love to see like the sky opened up and the heavenly host singing, and it's an amazing picture to think about. So there was that evidence, and then what did they say? Well, in verse 14, it says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, Right? Peace among those with whom he is pleased. So Isaiah said, peace is coming. Just wait, right? Just wait. And when it comes, it's going to be good. It's going to be never ending. And Luke says, peace showed up. It's here. So what does that mean for us? And the angels tell us about it. He said, glory to God in the highest, right? And we've heard these words before. We've sung them. But what does it really mean to us? And on earth, peace. Everybody else was going, I don't know what that's like. I, don't, I haven't gained access to it. But when Jesus showed up, peace was accessible to us among those with whom he is pleased. So those who belong to him, like what Matt said in the quiet time, it's like it's, it's not a joke, right? It's not just like, I hope I get in. Like, I don't know. Like when we had the funeral yesterday, it's like this is a celebration. I just, and I just kept thinking, like when I was talking to Esther on that Wednesday before, um, you know, like, it's okay, you yeah. She, she was aware of what was going to take place, and she wasn't worried. She wasn't fearful. And I just kept going back to this, this peace. So shalom in the Hebrew, and then peace, irene, in the uh, Greek. Who is it among? Like, we shouldn't wonder when we look out in the rest of the world, and they're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? We've got to do this thing. We've got to fix this. We've got to come up with a solution to this. And we're like, hey, chill out, man. <laughs> peace, peace has already happened, right? Now, not like peace like in the 70s, right? You know, peace, man. <laughs> No, we, we got like peace that was established for us, right? It was predicted, 
It came, showed up, Jesus. Everybody's all like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. And God's like, I kind of gave you the plan already, right? Gave it to Isaiah. He said it was coming. Peace never ending. Uh, and then we think about this passage too when it comes to peace. Uh, Philippians 4 uses the same exact word. What does God do for us? Well, it says in verse 7 of chapter 4, Philippians, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So all the craziness, all the difficulty, while things are breaking, I was talking with Lori about like all the heating and air conditioning stuff that she does and helps a lot of people. Uh, we're just calling in like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what's happening. This broke. We need somebody to come and fix this, right? Because we, we really panic when things go badly, don't we? Um, especially when it comes to that. There's no heat. It's like I walk outside and it, the weather thing says it's 20 below. It feels like that. I don't even, what is that like? <laughs> so uh, I experienced that for the first time. Uh, so it wasn't fun, by the way. Uh, and so like people are like, we freak out, right? When things go badly, we look for help. Like where we need it. And we're, you know, earthly people can help us. But where does our true peace come from? Well, Paul tells the church in, in Philippi, he's like, you want to know what real peace is like? It's already, kind of, it's already accessible to us. And here it is. What is it going to do for us? It's going to guard our hearts. It's going to guard our minds. So when we go, I don't understand. Like the world is going crazy. Why is this going on? We've got peace. We've got access to it. It's going to guard us. And here's the last thing. So we got predicted peace, right? We, we read the Bible before. We read all these stories about Christmas, and, and, and then Jesus came, and maybe we, you weren't surprised when you read that. Maybe you grew up in the church, and you've heard this before, uh, or maybe you were like those shepherds who are just like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing that ever happened to me, and the angels are singing about it because peace came. Peace showed up. And here's the last thing. We've got this present peace. So it wasn't just predicted. It didn't just get fulfilled. We actually can have it presently, right now. It's like what we've been talking about, because we know, right? God already knew from the foundation of the world, here's what's going to happen. Man's going to mess things up, right? It's what we specialize in. <laughs> and so we do that, and God goes, yeah, but I'm going to give you peace. Yeah, I know that happened. Yeah, but I'm going to give you peace. Yeah, I know that happened. But by the way, my peace doesn't run out. So whenever you need it, <laughs> whenever it's a, a difficult day or a different season, he gives it to us. And then in Romans chapter 5, Verse 1 and 2, verse 1 says, you've got to fast forward another uh, 2,000 years, right? So where we're at right now, almost 2,000 years later, and remember I told you, 2,700 years of, of history for us. Uh, verse 1 says, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what does A.D. now mean to us? Although most history books won't use it anymore, B.C. and A.D. What is that phrase? Anno Domini. The year of our Lord. Everything that comes afterwards. And the church fathers knew it, and they talked about this all the time, like, after zero, things changed for us, right? People went from hoping, they went from going like, I hope what Isaiah said was true, because like, we're really hoping in that. Like, that's where we put all our hope, like in the, in the coming Messiah. And then Luke goes, hey, everybody, it happened. Yeah, I know, he said it was going to happen. Yeah, so all those who were hoping, yeah, now you can, you can trust fully because it's been fulfilled. And then Romans, Paul he finishes out this idea, this thought for us all the way to where we sit presently. And he says, hey, good news. Since we've been justified by faith, we have peace. He's not like going like, hey, careful. It's like your car keys. Like, make sure you walk out the door with your wallet. Like, oh, no, man, I left my phone. I was like, I went to the gas station the other day this week. And I was like, what happened? Like, where'd my phone go? Like, I need that. And uh, we, we lose things, right? All the time. But what's the good news about peace? Well, 
We shouldn't have to be reminded, but sometimes we need it. <clears throat> we have it, right? Paul wasn't saying like, be careful. You might lose it. You might go away. You might forget it somewhere. You might not put it in your pocket when you walk outside. No, Paul says, we have peace. And that's why it's used here in the present form, the, the irene in the Greek. And this is this piece that specifically refers to salvation. And Paul, throughout the book of Romans, will talk about the theology of what we believe. And he says, we have peace with God through what? Our Lord Jesus Christ. Because what showed up? Jesus showed up on the scene and peace was accessible. Maybe some people didn't believe it. 2,700 years of history reveals to us that peace was predicted, right? God knew it from the very beginning. It showed up. Luke talked about it to us. And now we have this present peace. What verse 2 says in Romans 5, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of what? Of the glory of God. So where does our hope rest in, right? And, and by the way, like after Christmas, and maybe you've experienced this with little kids at home, like you open up the presents and then they're like, yay, this is so awesome. And like the next day, they're like, I'm bored. Like, what? <laughs> How is that? That never happened to your house, has it? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you're like, I spent all this time, like I got these presents for you. You're like, that's the next greatest thing. And we got it and we sacrificed for you to get it. And it was under the tree, and then you opened it up, and the next day you were like, I'm bored. What? How does that happen, right? It's our hearts, right? We're longing for something that's more, right? Those presents under the tree, like we should be talking to our kids about that. Like you may get a present at Christmas, right? A few of them probably. But what's the greatest gift that we've been given? We were talking about it um, this week at home as we were kind of trapped in there part of the time and they're talking about the real meaning of Christmas. And so Alana said, you know, Dan, real meaning of Christmas, it's not really about all the presents, right? And she said, you know, I, I, I wonder about this. I think the real reason everybody gets presents, like everybody gets presents, because we've already been given the greatest present in Jesus. And I was like, that just came out of the mouth of a six-year-old? <laughs> I was amazed by it, right? And uh, we always think, like, we're ungrateful for things, right? There's another present of the tree, and we just become unhappy with everything that comes in life and every present, everything that we work so hard for. But at the end of the day, if we don't come back to this place for, like, what Paul talks about, through him we have also obtained access by faith and to his grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope of, like, Next Christmas, or next birthday, or next whatever, right? And it's not that we don't celebrate good things, right? But at the end of the day, if we don't celebrate peace for what it is, true peace, right? Um, not the unattainable peace that you might hear at a, a Miss America pageant where the contestant is asked, if you had one wish, what would it be? World peace, right? <laughs> World peace, but... What do we really have access to? True peace, right? We don't need world peace, right? Because that doesn't happen until Jesus comes back and makes everything right. There's going to continue to be strife, and so world peace doesn't really exist right now. But we can have true peace. And it's this peace that, well, it's given to us after Christ came, right? It was predicted. It was fulfilled. And now we have this present access to it. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to struggle. We don't have to go, God, I don't know. Like, why? Well, what's happening? Because we have peace, right? So, 
I want to close with this, um, just in a thought of peace. If it's available to us, just to share this, because I don't know who's listening online, and, and we'd love to know you, by the way, like Andy said at the beginning, so share where you're listening from. Uh, we'd love to talk more with you. But if you're here today or if you're in the room and you're like, I, I don't know what that's like. Like I've just spent my life hoping and wishing and like trying to find everything else that doesn't really bring true peace. It always leaves me empty. Like the day after Christmas, why am I always unhappy? Because your peace, maybe it never came from the true source of peace. Like Isaiah talked about, peace is coming. When, you, when it comes, it will never end. It will be an endless supply of peace. And Jesus shows up in the form of a little baby and Luke says, peace is here. The good news, it's arrived. And now what do we have access to? Present peace. Right now in our lives, no matter what else is going on, we can have access to this present peace. Uh, and so, again, maybe if you're here and you haven't made that decision, what Matt shared in the beginning, I love it. Uh, is there any incantation? Is there any words that you can say that would magically make you saved or be in right standing with God? Not necessarily, but belief in God is what makes us right, right? Do we really believe that all these things took place? Like when Isaiah said it, we were like, yes, I believe that as I read it in the scripture. And then when Jesus actually showed up, we're like, he was a literal person, which by the way, if you're ever like skeptical, like nobody goes, Jesus wasn't a real person that existed on the earth and like lived a life and then died, right? People go, I don't know if that thing afterwards happened, that he raised from the dead. I mean, hundreds of people saw him, by the way. So, you know, if that's good enough for you, it's good enough for me, right? But what did Jesus do for us? Well, he died on the cross. He rose again. And the scripture tells us if we would just believe that, right? It's, it's about belief. Whenever you see it, God says, hey, those who are mine, those who are going to have access to this peace, those who believe, right? Doesn't mean we're not going to have difficult days. Doesn't mean we're not going to get together like we did yesterday and be like, it's a hard day, right? Because it was. But we celebrate too, right? And now I think about like Esther, like standing around the throne of God, and she's like, why is everybody sad? <laughs> I hear those words like, She's partying, right? And we get to look forward to that. A reunion, all the people that you know, she touched, their lives. Then I think about this too as we, as we look forward like to that point. I can go like, I know there's going to be that time for me. What are we going to do with the time, right? Because the laborers are few. We talked about that yesterday. Matthew chapter 9, like what are we going to do now? And I'm always just going, it's going to take a lot of people to fill up that spot, right? I look back and she wasn't there. I know you guys said, Matt, you guys moved over. Um, but she's been there since we've been here um, Always talking, always saying an encouraging word. You always hear those things. Like you said, you didn't know if she could hear. <laughs> she could actually hear what she was saying. Uh, but it was always an encouragement to us, and she's not there. So with that, who's going to be there? Who's going to be in that spot? You don't have to move chairs, by the way. And everybody's like, I have my spot. I can't, I can't move. But what are we going to do with that, right? How are we going to fill those shoes? I don't know. I think about that a lot. Like the people who have been around, like we, we can't just go like, well, I don't know. Next generation, I'm not sure. It'll be different. Does it need to be, you know, can't we fill those shoes and go like, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it right now, okay? So if you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you can make that decision this morning. Don't leave until you talk with me or one of our deacons. Um, be glad to visit with you. If you're online, reach out to us. We'd love to visit with you more, okay? Um, so with that, I'll close. I want to pray for us, and, um, and we'll be done, okay? Uh, Father, uh, we come to you today, and just thank you for um, the last couple weeks. It's been been difficult, but we thank you for the difficulty, um, and it, you, you teach us a lot about life. Um, God, we think about the words of uh, Solomon uh, are sobering for us in uh, chapter 7 when, 
when he said that it's better to be in the house of mourning, in the house of feasting. God, we, we love to celebrate, we love to be together, but we're thankful for the times that remind us um, that there's something more we hope for, um, that at the end of life, what, what takes place? Well, it's what you've promised from the very beginning. God, we, we can have peace. I just pray that um, today, for us as believers, uh, walking out of the room, um, that we would have that peace presently. Uh, you told your prophets about it. They predicted it. It came true. God, we can have it presently. We're thankful for that. It's available to us, to everyone in the room, everybody listening, anywhere you are now or at another time. Uh, if you believe in what Jesus has done for you on the cross, you can be saved. We're thankful for that. Um, God, it's nothing that we do. Help us to uh, live in this peace daily as it seems so easy to be outside of it, to live outside of it. Um, let us be close to you always and um, and that peace we hold on to never goes anywhere. It always goes with us. And we have access to it freely and always. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Love you, church. Have a wonderful weekend and wonderful Sunday. And man, enjoy the weather. I walked outside this morning and I was like, it feels warm. It's 37, right? Uh,